Welcome to the Gemmer Collector Cast, a journey into the world of collecting. From Star Wars to Cabbage Patch Kids, Nintendo to Hot Wheels, from antiques to vintage finds, we're here to talk about what you collect. Now, your host, a lifelong collector and super nerd, Jeff Tucker. Can you feel it? It's almost here. Star Wars, The Last Jedi is almost in theaters, or it's open by now. I don't know, but Star Wars is coming. And did Star Wars ever really go away? No, I don't think it did. It was dormant for a few years, but it's back. It's bigger than ever, and it's uh, as big a pop culture phenomenon as Marvel or DC, isn't it? And who, who better? Who better to return in The Last Jedi than the original Jedi himself, Luke Skywalker. And on this episode of the Gemmer Collector Cast, we are going to talk all things Luke Skywalker. I am your host, I am Jeff Tucker. Welcome to the Gemmer Collector Cast. This is a fantastic show where we talk about all the things that you collect. And at the top of my list, at the beginning of my collector uh, life, is Luke Skywalker. Star Wars came out in 1977. I was six years old when I saw it, and I was instantly, unbelievably addicted and hooked, and mainly because of Luke Skywalker. He was the hero of the movie. We went on the hero's journey with him, and I left that theater uh, completely thunderstruck, awestruck, by Mark Hamill's performance as Luke Skywalker. Uh, every kid on the playground wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Sure, there were a couple of Han Solo kids, and we knew who they were. They were the outsiders, the rogues, you know, the scoundrels. But everybody else wanted to be the hero. They wanted to blow the Death Star up and get the girl, even though two movies down the line, we'd find out that the girl is Luke Skywalker's sister. But we, we didn't know that at the time. We didn't know that going in. All that we knew was that this movie came out. And it's weird to talk about uh, the phenomenon of Star Wars. Here's, here's a way to put it into perspective, folks. Think about how big Star Wars is. It occupies almost an entire uh, toy aisle at Target. Uh, almost an entire toy aisle, or excuse me, uh, it does occupy a multiple toy aisle at Toys R Us. And this is in an age where Marvel and DC are just as big, and Power Rangers, and all the other toy lines that we collect, and all the dolls, Barbie and Hot Wheels and all that. And in addition to Netflix and the internet and all of the ways we waste our time, you know, Pokemon Go and going to the movies to see whatever is coming out, the latest big release. Star Wars came out at a time when the movies weren't a big deal. I mean, I know that sounds crazy. Uh, the, the summer blockbuster only began two years prior in 1975 with Jaws. Prior to that, Nobody went to the movies in the summertime. It was considered the doldrums of the movie business. They didn't release movies very much in the summer because they figure people were out camping and boating and anything but going to the movies. Well, Jaws changed all that. And Star Wars cemented it 
the 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 one-two whammy of Jaws and Star Wars cemented summer as the new and all-important and all-encompassing movie season. And when Star Wars came out in 1977, you had to wait two or three hours just to get to see it. There weren't a lot of screens. My local theater only had a few screens, and three or four of them were taken up with Star Wars, and even then we had to wait two hours. And, and the studio had no faith in this movie. Neither did the merchandisers. The toy merchandise, the, the merchandise for Star Wars, was almost an afterthought. George Lucas gave up his directing fee, which 20th Century Fox thought he was crazy. He gave up that fee in exchange for the merchandise rights. And his, you know, quote-unquote folly paid off because when they did finally get Star Wars toys into the market, they were a runaway, unbelievable smash with nothing else to try to take up our time. We, the kids of the late 70s, gobbled up Star Wars toys like nothing anyone had ever seen before. Movie licensing was in its infancy. Only a couple of films, Planet of the Apes, uh, a movie called uh, um, Dr. Doolittle uh, with Rex Harrison had tried movie merchandising. But for the most part, it was thought that movies just didn't have a shelf life. And Star Wars defied that by running over a full year in the theaters. And then, when it was gone for a few months from 78 to 79, it was re-released again, this time with a trailer for The Empire Strikes Back. So it was a very, like, I know I'm preaching to the choir, folks, but it's just so fun to celebrate um, at having been there at the beginning of the Star Wars adventure. And nothing signifies that better than the hero of the film, the farm boy who dreamed of going anywhere, but the center of the universe, the, the, the dullest center of the universe, Tatooine, Luke Skywalker. The moment when Luke steps out and steps out and, and looks up at the twin sons, G1 and G2 of Tatooine, and the music swells, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Da -da 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 -da. Uh, every kid knew what that feeling was. Every adult knew what it was. The longing to find yourself, to find your place in the universe, to be something more than the people around you expect you're going to be. And Luke sets off and has Obi-Wan and the droids with him, rescues the princess, blows up the Death Star, is the hero, along with Han Solo and Chewbacca, of course. But for a lot of us kids, Luke was it, man. I dreamed of flying an X-Wing like Luke Skywalker. You know, there was a show on television at the time called Fantasy Island, and I was just praying that it was real because my fantasy was to go on and be an X-Wing pilot. With Mr. Rourke would go, Welcome, Jeff. Yes, we have a, an X-Wing fighter pilot for you. Uh, for me? Really? I mean, that's how crazy I was. Now, the first Star Wars toys didn't appear until mid to late 1978 because, again, nobody had any idea this was going to be a thing. So Kenner rushed out a few puzzles and paint sets. They weren't very um, interesting. Uh, the puzzles are notable only because they're in space with the X-Wings and TIE Fighters. So 90% of the puzzle is black. So they're very difficult to put together. But what they had was there was a short toy line a few years before for the Hardy Boys. And the Hardy Boys had 12-inch dolls. So they popped one of the Hardy Boys' heads off 
put a Luke Skywalker Mark Hamill head on it and dressed it up and voila, a 12-inch Luke Skywalker doll. This was one of the first toys I ever got uh, for Christmas that I remembered. Um, I remember staring at that Luke Skywalker doll in the box. He came with a clear blue lightsaber. He had a, a grappling hook, a belt, his cool boots, brown pants, his fluffy, you know, wavy white shirt. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. I cracked it out of the box. And I have pictures of me with that doll for years afterwards. And it's weird to think, like, boys didn't play with dolls. We, we'd had... The previous generation had had the 12-inch G.I. Joe figures. Uh, and G.I. Joe would eventually come back thanks to Star Wars. But we're in this mid-period where Kenner is not only aping the 12-inch thing, because they already had the bodies, sculpting the heads was, was reasonably cheap, but they're also revolutionizing and creating the action figure market by reimagining these things in the three and three-quarter inch scale. You know, the guy who originally sculpted all of them held his fingers up and he said, uh, that's about the size of Luke Skywalker right there. And we'll uh, base all the other figures around that. So Luke was the, the, the centerpiece of the Kenner toy collection. And I remember uh, getting that 12-inch doll and then getting the figures. Now... Because the demand was so high and they didn't have the toys, everybody who's familiar with Star Wars knows that the first Christmas, 1977, no toys were available. So they did the old switcheroo on kids and sold them an early bird kit, which was a, a cardboard stage, some stickers, a membership card, and a promise. And the promise was, when Star Wars figures are available, you guys will get the first ones in the mail. And you're going to get Chewbacca, R2-D2, Princess Leia, and Luke Skywalker. Now, Luke Skywalker came out. He's his farm boy outfit. He had a lightsaber that uh, came out of his hand uh, with a little stick up his sleeve. I mean, this was the coolest figure ever. I loved my three-three-quarter-inch Luke Skywalker figure. Uh... Later on, we would find out that there were variants. There was a yellow-haired version and a brown-haired version, depending on what paint they were running in the factory at the time. But that was the first Luke Skywalker action figure. Now, he has probably over or nearly 100 different variations at this point. But way back in the beginning, for the original Star Wars film from 1977... There were only two Luke Skywalker figures, Farm Boy Luke and X-Wing Pilot Luke. And that was it. And I remember getting both of those and just like this, I had the X-Wing, I would put Luke in it, and when Luke got out of it, he would get back in his Farm Boy outfit, and I had so many adventures in the backyard with those action figures. <clears throat> it truly is like in a time before video games, before all these distractions, there was nothing more pure than going out in the backyard, but you know, your your Star Wars collector case full of figures. Uh, I had the original vinyl case with the trays. Uh, the Darth Vader case would come along later. But playing with those in the backyard and just wanting so much to be Luke Skywalker, and by extension, understanding that 
the goal of Luke to escape his life, to find himself, is the goal of every young man. Every every boy my age wanted to find out who they were and what they were going to be. And I just identified so much with the character of Luke Skywalker and how earnest he was and how when they get to the Death Star, he can't wait to rescue the princess. Or look at the scene late in the film where Luke's getting in his X-Wing and they're about to face the Death Star, and the odds are they're probably all going to die. And Luke is almost giddy. He has been waiting for this his whole life, and he's so optimistic about success. And I think somewhere in my young psyche, that just embedded itself of facing your challenges and going the extra mile and saying, I'm going to face you know, whatever the Death Star is in your life. And that's what Luke did for me. So it was no question that for the original Star Wars trilogy, Star Wars, A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, that I would concentrate most of my collectability, my collection, on Luke Skywalker stuff. I just loved Luke. The The first time I went out trick-or-treating that I can remember, I, I got a karate shirt and I made a belt and I wrapped um, first aid tape around my rain galoshes to simulate Luke's white boots. And I went out as Luke Skywalker. And a few years later, I would borrow a friend's uh, cape. And I would go out as Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight. And for that one, <clears throat> for that one, I took a, 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 a paper towel tube, cut it down just a little, wrapped it in foil, and hung it on my belt because Luke as a Jedi, carried his lightsaber on his belt, and uh, he didn't always have it out. You know, I didn't, wasn't into having a lightsaber. I was like, I'm at peace, Jedi Luke. Like, even then, at that age of uh, 11 or 12, I understood the difference in the Jedis. <coughs> Which is pretty funny. But uh, the Star Wars line continued. Uh, when The Empire Strikes Back came out, one of the first figures to be released was the Bespin Luke figure. And this is Luke, because in the beginning of the film, he's back in the X-Wing fighter pilot uh, uniform flying the uh, snowspeeder. But by the middle of the film, he's changed into this really cool uh, pants and jacket suit. And Kenner had a figure to go out with that. And the coolest thing about that figure was the lightsaber was a separate piece. Because up until this point... The only Luke with a lightsaber came out of his hand. So you either had the lightsaber or he was holding the lightsaber, right? But the Bespin Luke figure, you had the choice. So he didn't always have his lightsaber out. And the addition of these little accessories just made the figure, right? Just made it. And then eventually they released the uh, Hoth Luke, which is him at the beginning of the film in his when he's riding the Tauntaun. <coughs> and this was another really great figure. Uh, the Tauntaun came out, and you could put Luke on the Tauntaun, and it just, again, it just completed both of Luke's costumes for the film, uh, in addition, if you'd already bought the Luke Skywalker X-Wing fighter pilot. So you have a complete roster of all of his figures. Now, the 12-inch line, by this time, was, uh, was dead. They tried uh, to, co to continue it, through The Empire Strikes Back. The original 12-inch line was Luke, Ben, Han, uh, Chewbacca, R2, and 3PO, and Princess Leia. Uh, Princess Leia having the only one with rooted hair. 
Uh, for the Empire line, they extended it with IG-88, a very rare robot figure. But they had plans to release not only Lando Calrissian, which would have been fantastic, but they were going to release outfits for the figures that you already bought. So Luke was going to have uh, not only a groovy 70s outfit, but his uh, Bespin Fatigues outfit and such. And unfortunately, that uh, line didn't continue. So the 12-inch uh, Farm Boy Luke was the only one in the vintage line. So I was very lucky to get that. I still have my original figure today. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, it is neat to look at it and think all the adventures that it had and all the memories that are soaked up in it. You know, how cool is that? 1983, Return of the Jedi comes out. And right away, there is a Jedi Luke figure. Uh, he's great. He's Luke's all in black. He's got a snap-on lightsaber, just like the Bespin Fatigues one. The difference here is, and I didn't know this till much later, is that the first run of these figures had a blue lightsaber, which is not right because Luke loses that saber at the end of the Empire Strikes Back. If you remember, uh, Darth Vader cuts his hand off and the saber goes flying. So there's a cut scene from Return of the Jedi. You can see it on the Blu-ray set of Luke actually finishing building his new lightsaber and putting it into R2-D2. So the new lightsaber is green. So most of the, that run of figure, 99% of them, has the green lightsaber. He had a really cool cloth cloak and a gun. So that Jedi Luke figure is one of the best of the entire line. His head's a little squat, uh, but you can forgive that. Uh, it's it's just the way the sculpting was done, you know, at that time. They weren't always the greatest sculpts. But if you use your imagination and the power of the movies and you squint a little, they're perfect, right? Uh, the Jedi Luke was followed by the um, indoor Luke, which is him on with a poncho where he's riding the speeder bike and on indoor the helmet is not removable. Uh, this was a pretty rare figure because it came out for the Power of the Force line, which was Kenner's last gasp at a Star Wars line. And uh, the line didn't continue after that. This was the, the final end. There was a short-lived Ewoks and Droids line, but sadly no Luke Skywalker in that. The last Luke Skywalker figure to be released to the public in the Power of the Force line was the Stormtrooper Disguise Luke. This was an interesting figure. I remember... Seeing this in the in the stores, I bought it. This is going to sound crazy. I bought it at Toys R Us uh, in 1985. I think it was a dollar ninety. Uh, this is a really expensive figure these days, folks. One of the rarest of the line because it's so striking and it's a callback. Um, the Power of the Force line uh, took a couple of risks. The Han Solo and Carbonite is a great figure with a big accessory. Um, and the Luke Skywalker as a Stormtrooper, which is from two movies prior, uh, really took takes a risk, but they were trying to put figures out that were so striking that even a casual collector would pick them up. And I remember being just in awe of the Luke Skywalker Stormtrooper and the fact that I found it. Because these figures, because the run was so limited and stores weren't carrying the figures anymore, they were quite hard to get. I wouldn't get a Han Solo and Carbonite figure until probably 1993 or 94 on the secondary market. Very hard to come by, folks. But that um, Luke Stormtrooper is great. Now, what a lot of people don't know was that Kenner had 
major plans for the Star Wars line. It was supposed to continue well past the movies. And they had presented to George Lucas a number of concepts of new villains, modified vehicles, including a, a desert version of the Snowspeeder, a uh, convertible version of the AT-AT with a cannon on its back, uh, new villains and such, and then they were going to do a mail-away where you would send in five proofs of purchases for your action figures, and in the mail you would get old Luke as a Jedi. Basically what they did was they had a new Luke head sculpt, which made him, which made Mark Hamill look a little older, but they paired it with the body, which was taken um, mostly from the Anakin Skywalker mail-away figure. The last mail-away figure that we got in America was Anakin Skywalker. That's, you know, Luke's father as he appears as a ghost at the end of the film. Only, this figure's not a ghost. He's not clear plastic or anything. They weren't really doing that yet in the Kenner line. Instead, it's if he was alive. So it's a very strange figure. Uh, I still have mine in the mailer box from 19, early 1985 or late 1984. But he's wearing a robe. So they put the Luke Skywalker head on that robe and called it Old Jedi Luke. And he was supposed to be a premium that you got if you sent in. Now, again, it got canceled. I know that a few uh, samples got out. That's how we know that it exists uh, it would have been a really fun way to end the Star Wars line because it was, you know, sadly it was ending. There were no new films on the horizon and Lucas was content to let Star Wars lay dormant. Now that's not to say that there weren't a lot more Luke Skywalker collectibles. Uh, in, in this day and age when movies launch with, you know, Happy Meal and a toy line, and a clothing line, and they're on fruit snacks and all that. Star Wars basically invented all of that. Star Wars was the first what I call lifestyle brand. You know, they wanted to be on your bed sheets, which they were. They were on my curtains. I had Star Wars wallpaper. I'm not kidding. I had Luke Skywalker everything. Ben Cooper made multiple versions of a Luke Skywalker Halloween costume. Some of them are so kitschy and so cool. They are perfect for collecting, especially if you could get them in their original window box, man. They are the coolest. It's weird to also think that they made a costume of a, of a movie character who wasn't wearing a mask of any kind. You know, Darth Vader is easy. A stormtrooper is easy. Yoda and Boba Fett are easy. Luke is basically a, a pale white man with yellow hair mask. And because the costume says Luke Skywalker, you know who it is. I think if you took the mask and walked around and asked people, who is this mask of? I don't know, like us diehards would know. But regular, quote unquote, regular folks, they wouldn't have any idea who it's supposed to be. Uh, but, you know, thankfully Ben Cooper did make Tons of Star Wars costumes, and those Luke Skywalker costumes are the coolest. Uh, one of the greatest Star Wars items I ever got was through the Star Wars fan club. Uh, for a while, the Star Wars fan club was was pretty big, and <coughs> they put out a number of exclusive collectibles, stuff that the stores weren't just going to stock. Now, I had 
Luke Skywalker t-shirts. My mom got a bunch for me at Kmart for Return of the Jedi. I would go to these stores. They don't have them anymore in the mall. But they used to have these stores where you could buy a plain white shirt and then you could sort through iron-ons and they would take the iron-on and put it right on the shirt for you. Uh, they had Luke Skywalker ones like that with shiny silver around the edges. I loved all that stuff. If it had Mark Hamill on it, I wanted to own it. I mean, I wanted to be Mark Hamill. I wanted to be Luke Skywalker. So when the fan club offered an exclusive Bespin Fatigues jacket, I had to have it. Now, this is late in the run. This is long after the Star Wars movies have come and gone, and the Star Wars fan club, which eventually would morph into the Lucasfilm fan club and concentrate more on Indiana Jones because that was actually continuing... Um, they offered these amazing things. And this Bespin Fatigues jacket, my mom ordered it. Uh, I think it was around 1987 we got it. And it cost $40, which at the time, that's a lot of money for a jacket. Plus, plus shipping and handling, right? But I, when I got that thing, I didn't take it off. I wore it to school. I didn't care that I was 16. I didn't care that people made fun of me for wearing a, is that a Star Wars jacket? Why, yes. Yes, it is. I'm Luke Skywalker. I didn't care. I loved that character and that costume so much that I wore it. Now, sadly, I did sell it a few years ago because it was just so, I remember looking at it and being uh, kind of just depressed because it was so tiny because I was so tiny in high school that uh, it was never going to fit me again. I'd love to find one my size, but they, they've only made jackets of the newer characters, you know, uh, uh, Poe Dameron and uh, Finn and all the characters from Force Awakens. They have those jackets. Uh, those are great. And I've actually, I've actually looked at, at buying one or two just because I think they're cool. But they're not quite that Bespin Fatigues jacket. And they never did make a replica jacket of the one he wears when he gets his medal, which I love that yellow jacket. If you've seen the movie, check out that jacket he's sporting. It's the same jacket, I think, that um, a Walrus Man is wearing in a different color. You know, Panda Baba is what he's been renamed. But to me, he was always Walrus Man. But it's a really cool jacket. came out of England. They just got it off the rack. But a cool jacket nonetheless. But again, with Star Wars as a lifestyle brand, you could find, and I know this because I had them, you could brush your teeth with a Luke Skywalker toothbrush, uh, either with his picture on it or in the shape of, sort of, his lightsaber. They had both. You could uh, finish up your, your homework, and when you were done, you could throw your trash in a Luke Skywalker trash bin. Yes, I had one for Return of the Jedi. T-shirts. Sigma Ceramics had an entire unbelievable collection of ceramics, including Luke on a Tauntaun as a teapot, Luke's Snowspeeder as a toothbrush holder, I, mugs, statues, you name it. There was a time, and it makes me so crazy to think about, that I went to Spencer Gifts in the mall, and they were clearancing all of their Sigma ceramics. And some of them, I, I wish I had to this day, but you know, they, they don't, they're not made to last. And one false move and those things shatter. But I had a uh, Luke Skywalker in his Landspeeder soap dish. 
I had the Luke Skywalker mug. I had the Jedi Luke uh, statue with his green lightsaber out. And these were all, I'm not kidding, between 79 and 99 cents at Spencer Gifts in around 1985. You know, because this is two years after the movie. They wanted all this stuff gone, and they clearanced it out in a way that I was just completely shocked at how cheap it was. Um, but I, I begged my mother, I got to have them all. Um, so after that, Star Wars kind of, like I said, it went dormant for a while. And um, you had to keep it alive yourself, you know. I, I have a, I had a Star Wars a notebook for school, which I carried long after everybody else had moved up to the Trapper Keeper. Uh, I carried my Luke Skywalker uh, notebook. I had Luke Skywalker pencils. I had a Luke Skywalker pencil bag. Uh, Luke was on my lunchbox, which I didn't carry into high school. I'm not that geeky. Uh, I'm pretty geeky, pretty nerdy. But the lunchbox would have probably gotten me beat up. And more importantly, they would have beat my lunchbox up. And I wouldn't have my lunchbox to this day. I'm actually sitting on the shelf next to me. My little childhood lunchbox with Luke Skywalker on it. But in the 90s, after dipping their toe in publishing, Lucasfilm published the Heir to the Empire series. Star Wars slowly came back. And I remember seeing a line of toys called the Just Toys Bendem figures. And these are rubber bendy figures. But they had, you know what I'm going to say, they had Luke Skywalker in the first line in his farm boy outfit with a little floppy blue lightsaber. And I had to have it. And I remember these originally were really hard to get. I, I lived in Orange County, California, and the only place that had them for sale was a collectible shop in San Diego. So me and my girlfriend, who is now my wife, we drove down to San Diego just to get these bendies. And then it took about a year or so <coughs> before these showed up in the Target stores as both um, gift packs of multiple figures with collector coins and trading cards and single-carded figures. So I started buying up all these bendy figures, and that ignited Star Wars look just roared back. It roared back. And before Kenner relaunched the action figure line, they brought out a line of figures called the Action Masters, which is a silly name for a toy line that has zero posability. Uh, no, no joints, no bendies, no nothing. These were die-cast metal figures that just sit on your desk. Uh, the original lineup was Star Wars. You got Luke, Han, Chewbacca, R2-D2, C-3PO. There was a four-pack that included Ben and Leia, which was really rare to find. And there was a mail-away for a gold-toned C-3PO. But again... There's a Luke Skywalker figure with a lightsaber, and he's fighting Darth Vader. And it was reminiscent of a line I haven't mentioned yet, which was the Kenner Micro Collection from way back in the day from the Empire Strikes Back series, where they tried to launch a whole new scale of figures, these little die-cast figures. Parents didn't go for it, because they'd already invested all this money in the three-and-three-quarter line. And the die-cast figures were fun, neatly posed, great for displays, but if you chipped them, uh, they, were, they were not repairable. 
so they were pretty delicate. The some of the some of the sets are pretty rare these days. I'd love to have the the X-wing fighter with Luke Skywalker X-wing pilot in it. Uh, you hit a button on the back and the X-wing actually crashes. It's really cool. The uh, Millennium Falcon set is so rare. It is so cool uh, because instead of looking like the Falcon in the movie, it is actually a scaled-down version of the Falcon toy that Kenner made. And that's what makes it so interesting because it's such a weird take on the Falcon. And But I, I dig it. And the Luke Skywalker figure you use for that one is him injured after the... Uh, duel on Bespin, which I it's just a cool uh, acknowledgement of that sequence, right? But the Action Masters in the modern day 90s, uh, not posable, very hard to get. I remember stumbling across the four-pack finally, and I liked it so much that when I finally met Mark Hamill at his first ever convention appearance in 1995, early 95, uh, he, uh, I had him sign it. So it says to the Tuckers, uh, you know, Mark Hamill. And like meeting him was so surreal because this is my childhood hero. This is Luke Skywalker. And he was so personable and so nice. And you get that feeling from him uh, even to this day, long after he's been making hundreds and thousands of convention appearances. But I was there at the first one. He was just dipping his toe and asking is this something people are interested in? And the audience was like, yes, we love your stories, Mark. Tell us more. And then, of course, that same year, the Star Wars toy line returned. Uh, sadly, the first shot that Kenner took at bringing the Star Wars line back didn't fare very well. Yes, we were ecstatic to have these toys back in the market. I remember seeing them for the first time, and, like, you just have a moment, you know, where you can't believe you get a second chance at your childhood toys. Um, it seems so blasé now with so many older properties getting new toy lines. But back in the mid-90s, this wasn't a thing. It was either a new toy line or it didn't exist or it was at the collectible store at the secondary market. But walking into Target and seeing that first set of figures was jaw-dropping. The problem was that the men and, well, all of them, were sculpted way too beefy. That line is known as the He-Man line because Luke and Han are totally ripped. Their proportions are so ridiculous as to defy gravity. And we bu I bought them anyways because, I mean, it's Luke. I gotta have Luke. But even then, uh, even looking, I was like, but it doesn't really look like Luke. Eventually, Kenner would dial that stuff back and actually put out figures that looked like the characters in the movie. And that's very cool. And, you know, since then, they've had, like I said, a hundred Luke figures, every kind of variation you can imagine. Luke Farm Boy, Luke Jedi, Luke X-Wing, Luke with his poncho in the deleted scene. Luke with his floppy hat from the deleted scene. Luke with a moisture evaporator. Luke with a stormtrooper belt on. Luke as a stormtrooper. Luke as a stormtrooper with slick back hair that was only available in the Escape the Death Star board game. Like, I collected all of this. There were new 12-inch dolls. They were so cool. Uh, they looked a lot like G.I. Joe's, but hey, that's okay. They were still 12-inch Star Wars figures. 
And the Star Wars toy line has been going ever since. And there was a time for at least... <coughs> there was a time for at least 15 years where nearly every single shipment of Star Wars figures contained a new either Luke Skywalker figure or Darth Vader figure, because that's the ones everybody wanted. And that's why there are so many variations. There is a Darth Vader figure from the Dagobah sequence with, if you know what to do, you can remove Darth Vader's faceplate and you can see Luke Skywalker's face under there from when he cuts the head off in the tree. How freaking cool is that? I would have killed for that as a kid. As an adult, I'm happy to have it. So there's every kind of thing you can do to celebrate Star Wars and to follow the the journey of the hero that is Luke Skywalker. Uh, there have been canceled figures. Like I said, the 12-inch Bestman was canceled. That old Luke was canceled. We'll never get those. But that's okay because companies like Gentle Giant have come out with uh, 12-inch recreations of Kenner's three-and-three-quarter-inch figures uh, sculpted to look just like the Kenner figure on a replica back. These gentle giant 12-inch figures are the coolest thing ever. And if you think they haven't made every variation of Luke, look up the Comic-Con exclusive that was simply Luke Skywalker, X-Wing fighter pilot, smiling. The only difference, he came with a ladder, so he get into his X-Wing. But the only difference in the figure was that this Luke was smiling. He's known as Smiling Luke. Like, that's when you've exhausted every single frame of the film, right? And I'm not complaining, because I'm happy to collect them all, man. One thing I saw at Comic-Con last year is um, a radio flyer has come out with a replica of Luke's land speeder that you can ride around in. It's made for kids. It's about $400 at Toys R Us. But I look at it and I'm just, I, I dream of being small enough to drive around in it. It is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, if you ever wanted to be Luke Skywalker or you've got kids that you've passed on this love of Star Wars to, that might be the ultimate way to become Luke Skywalker. Um, you can also find high-end replicas of his lightsaber, both you know just the hilt and with full lighted blades that come out. I mean, every possible Luke Skywalker thing has come out. X-wing fighter pilot helmets are, are available. You can get a onesie at Target that looks like you're a fighter pilot. I mean, who knew back in 1977 that the little film that could would become. Uh, such a phenomenon for so long. Almost my entire life has been taken up with Star Wars. I, Because it came out when I was six, I have hardly, next to none, any memories of life before Star Wars, before my journey with Luke Skywalker. I mean, that's really cool, right? And with The Last Jedi in theaters and the... What we I mean, we don't know what it's going to be, but is it the culmination of Luke's journey? Are we going to see the end of of where Luke Skywalker ends up? I don't know. All I know is that when Ray reached out to him at the end of Force Awakens and it went to black, I had a heart attack because I had to wait two years now to find out what happens to my favorite 
hero of all time in the movies. I can't wait. You know, I can't wait. So, are you going to the movies to see The Last Jedi? Because I am. Opening night. I can't wait. The Further Adventures of Luke Skywalker. <coughs> All right, we're going to run down the top ten Luke Skywalker collectibles. Uh, this is just a, just a list I put together. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, it's just what I consider to be uh, the top ten fun items you can collect. Your mileage may vary. All right, number ten. The Master Replicas lightsaber. These came out uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Master Replicas had the license to make the most unbelievably accurate lightsabers you've ever seen. Uh, some of them were even signed by Mark Hamill. They made everybody's saber. They made Luke's. They made Ben's. They made Darth's. These are top of the line, man. It's funny that they're at 10 because they're very expensive. They're more expensive than some of the other stuff on the line but that of the list. But that means, you know, not everybody can afford I can't afford them. I'd love to have one. I'd love to just stare at it, you know. Luke Skywalker's lightsaber is the coolest thing in the universe. So number 10 is the Master Replica's Luke Skywalker lightsaber. And I'm for my taste, I'm counting the New Hope lightsaber, not the Return of the Jedi. I like the Return of the Jedi one, but I'm a bigger fan of the New Hope version. Number nine. Uh, one of the earliest ways to collect Star Wars was the Topps trading cards. I remember my mother would bribe me to go to church to get these cards. Afterwards, we would go to the liquor store and get a few packs. They were 35 cents a pack. And the first series was the ones with the blue border. And card number one is Luke Skywalker in his Stormtrooper costume. It is a cool card. Uh, I don't have one. At least I don't think I do. So I've been trying to find one on eBay. But it's tough to get it with you know just the card by itself. But I want to put it in a frame. All right. Number eight. Number eight is the Luke Skywalker in his Stormtrooper costume Power of the Force card. Uh, this is a this is gonna set you back a few bills, folks. Not a cheap figure, but as far as Kenner sculpting and originality, it is a cool, cool figure. The packaging is great. Even the figure loose is awesome. A tough find, but worthy of being on the list. Number seven, uh, I talked about it in the show. This is the Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi, uh, the variant with the blue lightsaber. Beware of counterfeits. A lot of people have figured out how to make the blue lightsaber on its own. So if you find it, make sure it's carded and then it hasn't been resealed. But man, that is a sweet figure. Number six, the Kenner Luke Skywalker lightsaber. They made multiple versions. The first version was literally a flashlight with an inflatable lightsaber blade. Uh, this one's hard to find. The more common one is the Return of the Jedi version, which the blade was made of plastic, and it makes a whoosh-whoosh noise. Uh, that's what it says on the package. But you 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 swing it back and forth, and it goes, ooh. It's not quite a lightsaber noise. But hey, it was good enough back then, and we liked it. Number five. Uh, number five is one of the hardest items to get of the Kenner line. This is the X-Wing Aces toy. Uh, this is a redecorated toy of a World War One Flying Aces game where you had to shoot biplanes, and they simply redecorated it to shoot 
uh, TIE Fighters. Uh, it's really cool. It looks like a mini arcade game where it puts you as Luke Skywalker shooting down TIE Fighters above the Death Star surface. Uh, I've never had one. And how about this? I've never even seen one in person. Only pictures. That's how rare it is. Number four is another Kenner redo. Uh, Kenner had the license for the $6 million man toy line, and they made a $6 million man radio headset. So, of course, all you had to do was slap a sticker on it and call it the Luke Skywalker headset radio. The difference is that Luke puts on a headset like this when he's in the Millennium Falcon gunner chamber uh, after they escaped the Death Star. So it actually kind of looks like what Luke is wearing. Uh, the package has Luke on it in his uh, in the cockpit of the uh, Falcon or the, the gunner cockpit. It is a really cool toy. I've actually owned it a couple of times. I trade it back and forth as I you know as my collection ebbs and flows. Uh, does, does your collection do that? Like a lot of times, some items are like, okay, I have it. That's a permanent item in my collection. Other times, I'll trade it for something I wanted more. Or you know, I got a, a convention coming up, so I'll sell it on eBay, use the money to go to the convention, and then afterwards try to buy it back. I mean, it's a whole, that's part of collecting, right? Number three. Number three is, oh, this is a tough one, man. This is the Farm Boy Luke variant on a Return of the Jedi card. Because Kenner released all of the Star Wars figures virtually on every card variant up until the Power of the Force line. Uh, that one only had minimal recards. But if you wanted to get a Farm Boy Luke in 1983, Kenner wanted you to have that opportunity. So they re-released the Farm Boy Luke figure on a different card. The first card has Luke staring up into the sky. Beautiful card, 12-back. But the Return of the Jedi one is Luke in the Millennium Falcon Gunner Station. It's called the Luke Gunner Card. Uh, I thought this was a relatively common variant. I was at um, Star Wars Celebration, full of all things Star Wars, and I saw, I saw figures I've never seen before. I saw Vlix, which is the rarest Star Wars figure of all time. I saw a guy with carded yak face, carded Anakin Skywalker. These are holy grails for people. I went up to the guy and I said, I'm looking for a particular card. And when I said, farm boy Luke on a Jedi gunner card, he went, and he made a face. He went, ooh, that's a tough one. I said, that's a tough one? You got carded Boba Fett and that's a tough one? He goes, yeah, that's a tough one. Turns out I had no idea how rare this one is. Even just the card with the figure and bubble ripped off and not present will set you back nearly $100. I had no idea. But hey, that's why it's number three. Number two is, uh, you know, where it all began. The Luke Skywalker farm boy action figure 12 back Kenner card. Uh, on the back, it only has 12 figures because that was the original lineup. Uh, a Luke Skywalker on a 12 back card in mint condition, if it's unpunched, can set you back $1,000, $2,000, depending on condition. Uh, have it graded by Action Figure Authority, and the, the, the value goes up even higher. This is the holy grail of Luke Skywalker figures, carded 12-back. But how can that be, Jeff, if it's only number two? Funny you should ask, Jeff. That's because number one is, of course, 
the Star Wars early bird kit featuring Luke Skywalker. This was the first time anybody got the figure. You got a tray, you got little pegs to put the figures on your display stand, and you got all the figures in Kenner baggies. If you've got that set, forget about it. Unbelievably rare. I've only seen it a couple of times. It's always way out of my price range. But hey, part of collecting is dreaming and thinking about one day I'll have enough money to get that. Or I'll find it somewhere on a yard sale or an estate sale. They won't know what it is. And I'll run off with it to the car, right? Isn't that what collecting is? Isn't that what the hope of Luke Skywalker is? That you can find your destiny. You can be more than people around you think you can be. There's a whole series of cut scenes from Star Wars where Luke's friends think he's a complete nerd and will never amount to anything. Um, those scenes are important in character building. They're in the novel, but they're not in the finished film. Part of Luke's journey is people telling him he can't do it and him doing it anyway. I cannot stress to you, I idolized Luke Skywalker all the way past Return of the Jedi. And seeing him back in The Last Jedi, I just, I can't believe it. I'm so excited for this film to come out. The continuing adventures of my hero, Luke Skywalker. I can't wait. I'll see you at the movies, guys. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of the Gemmer Collector Cast. I am your host, Jeff Tucker. You can follow Gemmer on Twitter, at Gemmer, G-E-M-R, or you can go to the Gemmer.com website and get your own profile. Load up your collectibles and check out other people collect other people's collectibles. I'm on Gemmer. I am at Jeff Tucker, one word, J-E-F-F-T-U-C-K-E-R, where I have my Back to the Future collection for on display there. Uh, I also uploaded a bunch of uh, Ghostbusters collectibles and a really funny collection of Homer Simpson figures that I... Uh, painted to be other characters. I know it's weird and complicated, but check it out. You can check it out on Gemmer. The Gemmer website is gemr.com because Gemmer is where collectors collect. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share this episode with your friends and other collectors. Till next time, keep collecting.